This is Health Yeah, your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins. Hey everyone, thanks so much for checking out Health Yeah, your prescription for clear and concise medical health and wellness info. I'm Monica Robbins. Today we're going to talk about the potential hidden dangers in your medicine cabinet, or far more likely, the things you might be wasting your money on or not using correctly. We're talking about vitamins and supplements, you know, those things we pop easily because we think if they're natural, they must be safe, right? Joining me from the Northeast Ohio Medical University is Dr. Fadi Abdul-Rasool. He's the assistant professor in the pharmacy in the Department of Pharmacy Practice. Thank you so much for joining me. This, Good morning, Monica. Thanks for having me. This is such a huge topic because, you know, this is a mostly obviously unregulated industry. It's worth $31 billion in the U.S., but there is a lot we simply don't know about vitamins and supplements that in some cases, even our doctors can't explain to us. So let me start with multivitamins. Everybody mm -hmm. seems to think they need to take a multivitamin. Is it really necessary? And if so, who should be taking it and what should they be looking for? Yeah, and so that's that's a really great question, you know, and we in the uh, community pharmacy world, we get that question uh, pretty often. And, you know, what I like to tell my patients is uh, the, the multivitamins are really indicated for those who don't really get a well-balanced diet. So the best way to get uh, vitamins and supplements uh, into your body is through your diet, through the foods that you eat, whether they be fruits and vegetables or even meat uh, as well. That's really the best way to get vitamins and minerals in your body. Um, and so if you have a well-rounded diet, you're getting a good amount of fruits and vegetables in on a daily basis, then I would say that a multivitamin really isn't necessary. However, um, you know, if, if maybe you're not eating as well as you should be, um, eating a lot of fast food and, and not eating so great, then yeah, maybe a multivitamin would be indicated for you. I like to um, tell, you know, uh, parents that children should most definitely be getting multivitamins. Uh, I don't know about you, I know a lot of children who don't have the best diets, they're eating chicken nuggets and fries all the time, and so they're not getting their fair intake of fruits and vegetables. Um, and so, you know, I think children for sure should be taking multivitamins. Um, and sometimes as we get older, older adults maybe don't quite have the appetite that they used to have, and maybe they don't eat quite as much as they should be eating. Um, and so they might be indicated to get multivitamins as well. But for the general population, as long as you're eating a well-rounded diet with a good amount of fruits and vegetables in it, um, I would say a multivitamin probably isn't completely necessary. There are so many choices out there. How do you know which one to pick? Like, what do you need to look for? Yeah, that is a really great question. So there are a ton of choices out there. And um, as you mentioned earlier, you know, this industry isn't really regulated by the FDA, um, like prescription medications are, uh, unfortunately. Um, and so the best way to know if a um, vitamin or supplement is of good quality is to look for that USP seal on it. USP stands for United States Pharmacopeia. And so that basically is telling you that that company uses good manufacturing practices in their facilities when they're creating or when they're developing um, those vitamins and supplements. So uh, as long as it has that USP seal on it, that means that you know they're, they're good, using good manufacturing uh, practices, they're clean products, and you could feel comfortable taking them, uh, again, just know that at the end of the day, they're still not regulated by the FDA. So if something does go wrong, if there is something uh, in there, it's, you know, it's on the company. And so the company kind of has to manage that. But, um, you know, as long as it has that USP seal on it, that is really what's important. 
So aren't the ones with the USP seal, aren't they the more expensive kind though? No, not necessarily, uh, not at all. So NatureMade has the USP seal on it. Um, and I would say there is, the, the prices are, are pretty equivalent. Um, you know, you might come across the um, generic store brand might be a little less expensive, but most of them don't have that USP seal on it. So, um, you know, comparatively, it's not that much of a cost difference. There's a lot of people that spend a lot of money on, you know, those high-end vitamins or they go to specific stores to buy them. Is it really worth the money? Uh, to be honest, I'm going to say not so much. Um, again, it, if, if, you know, your doctor has told you that you have a deficiency in a certain uh, vitamin um, or mineral, uh, then absolutely, you know, you'd want to take that vitamin or mineral so that you don't have that deficiency. Or if you're at risk for developing a deficiency, then absolutely. But, you know, like I said, if, if you're eating a, a well-rounded diet and getting your fair share of fruits and vegetables, it's not really um, kind of worth, worth uh, taking that, that multivitamin currently. With kids though, the big hot ones are like the gummies and, you know, the Flint, I remember the Flintstone chewables, yeah. <laughs> you know, when I was a They're kid, so good. are you, are those good though? Or, Cause they look like candy. Is that wise? So yeah. And then that's a, that's a really good question. Um, so our students here, we, uh, you know, we have our students uh, go out and educate, you know, younger students, middle school, high school students about the difference between medicine and candy. Uh, it's important to educate um, the, the younger kids about that. Um, you know, it's, it's good that it's in a, a dosage form that the child can, can take it in. But yeah, it is important to educate the child that, hey, this is not candy. Um, you know, you, you can't be taking more of this than, than what I give you. So it's important to make sure, you know, you are the one that's handing them that dose and then you are hiding that bottle uh, somewhere where they can't get it. So maybe on a, a higher shelf somewhere where they can't get it, uh, but placing that somewhere where they can't have access to it and they're not going to keep taking it because you can take too much of multivitamins. You can't take too much of certain vitamins and supplements. And so that can very well be dangerous. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's important that you're the one that's giving them the dose and that you're hiding that bottle so that they can get more. What happens if you literally overdose on vitamins or does it just depend on the type? It does depend on the type. Um, so, you know, for example, we have water soluble vitamins. So that's going to be vitamin B and C. And, you know, um, it's really hard to overdose on vitamin B and C because whatever your body is not using, it just kind of gets filtered out. And so those who, you know, might be seeing a, a neon yellow, uh, you know, when, when they pee, that, that means that there's too much vitamin B and C. And so your body is just urinating it out, um, which is nothing to be worried about. And that's completely okay. So it's nothing to be worried about if, if you see neon yellow. Except uh, that you're wasting money, right? <laughs> correct. <laughs> except that you're wasting money. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, but then we have those other vitamins, so those fat-soluble vitamins, so vitamin A, D, E, and K, um, who you can take too much of. And, uh, you know, if you, if you do take too much of those fat-soluble vitamins, it can really affect certain organs in your body, and namely your liver. Um, and so it's important that we're not taking too much of those. You know, we're constantly hearing in Northeast Ohio, we don't get enough vitamin D, we need more vitamin D. What for, for folks who live here and we don't get enough sun exposure, how much vitamin D should we be taking and what kind? So that is a really great question as well. Um, 
and I get this all the time. Uh, and so, again, since vitamin D is one of those fat-soluble vitamins, um, it's I would strongly recommend talking to your pharmacist or physician before starting a vitamin D supplement um, because we don't want people taking it when they actually do have enough vitamin D because, you know, as I mentioned, it can lead to harmful effects, especially with your liver. But if your physician does tell you that you are deficient, you know, in vitamin D, um, usually it's about 2000 international units of vitamin D a day is what you'd be taking, but that'd be a decision between you and your physician. And it, it would be a vitamin D3 is what you'd want to take. Um, and sometimes if you're really deficient in vitamin D, then they might give you a prescription strength, uh, which would be 50,000 units once a week for eight weeks, and then cut you down to um, the over-the-counter vitamin D. So I've heard that you really have to take your vitamins at certain times of the day, or you need to take with food or without food or what have you. Mm -hmm. What are the common mistakes people do when they take vitamins? So, you know, a lot of the common mistakes is maybe taking them um, too close to other medications because just because they're over the counter doesn't mean that, you know, they don't interact with anything, that they're completely safe. That's absolutely, you know, not true. Uh, and so a lot of times uh, vitamins and, and minerals can interact, especially those heavy metal uh, minerals. So uh, iron, calcium, zinc, magnesium, uh, those are the ones that can most definitely interact with other medications. So just spacing them out from other medications um, is important. Um, and, and we could go into more detail about that in a little bit. But um, the other thing in terms of just taking it daily, most vitamins and supplements, um, you know, it doesn't really matter what time of day you take it as long as you're taking it regularly, as long as you, you know, you don't forget to take it. Um, so as long as you're taking it regularly, uh, regularly, it doesn't really matter uh, kind of what time of day that you're taking most of them. So don't you need certain things to absorb certain vitamins? Yeah, uh, good question. So, you know, we mentioned those fat soluble vitamins. So A, D, E, and K, um, those are best absorbed with uh, food. So with some sort of food that contains some fat, preferably maybe unsaturated fat. So maybe in the morning for breakfast, you have some avocado toast. It'd be a perfect time to take your vitamin D supplement with your avocado toast uh, because it'll help absorb that uh, a lot better. Um, iron, for example, iron uh, best gets absorbed with vitamin C, so maybe with a glass of orange juice. Um, however, iron can also really upset your stomach. Um, it decreases the absorption if you take it with food. However, uh, it might not upset your stomach quite as much. So it's kind of that balance that you kind of need to figure out. If it is upsetting your stomach a little too much, definitely take it with food. If not, you know, it's best absorbed with a source of vitamin C. I always heard you shouldn't take uh, iron and calcium at the same time. Is that true? So, you know, that's a good question. And that used to be the thought process, but there have been a lot of studies that have come out recently that show that that's not necessarily true. So you actually can take iron and calcium supplements together. So the fact that they're in my multivitamin, I'm not wasting my money when I'm getting both iron and calcium. Correct. That's completely fine. Yep. So what is it? You, you already talked about what does it mean when my pee is yellow? Mm -hmm. um, and that essentially, really, that is you're wasting money. And yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, so that just means there's too much, that... too much uh, vitamin B or vitamin C uh, in your system. Um, but, you know, like I said, the, the good thing is it's not harmful. So no need to, to be alarmed. Uh, it's just you might want to decrease the dose of, you know, your vitamin B supplements or vitamin C supplements. But again, um, I strongly uh, encourage all of my patients do not start 
or discontinue or change doses of any of your over-the-counter vitamins or supplements without talking to your pharmacist or physician first. Wow. I never thought of that. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing people forget that they don't need to always call their doctor or wait for a doctor visit. They can just go to their local pharmacy. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, pharmacists, we're very well trained when it comes to vitamins and supplements. Um, and so we're, you know, very well knowledge in that. And so you can definitely talk to your pharmacist about any of the over-the-counter products that you are taking, including vitamin supplements and herbal products as well. Because, you know, like I said earlier, just because they're over-the-counter doesn't mean they're completely safe. They do have drug interactions. They can be harmful if not taken correctly. So definitely talk to your pharmacist or physician before starting, stopping, or changing doses of any of your medications, including over-the-counter and herbal products. Are there any vitamins I really need to be taking now? So that is a good question. So again, um, I usually recommend uh, people um, talk to their physicians. They could do blood tests to see if they're deficient in any um, vitamins or, or, or um, minerals. And then if they are deficient, then they can um, start supplementing with over-the-counter products for sure. Um, like I said, as long as you have that, you know, a very well-rounded diet, you're getting a good amount of fruits and vegetables, um, you know, probably not completely necessary. There are certain points uh, in life where it would be good uh, to be taking a, a vitamin or supplement. The biggest one is during pregnancy. Um, so, you know, for all pregnant patients, the one thing that we all agree on is that they need to be getting uh, folic acid, which is a B vitamin. And that's to prevent any neural tube defects uh, for, the, for the fetus, to make sure that the that neural tube is fully developing um, and that the baby is healthy. Um, so uh, definitely folic acid, 400 micrograms at least a day of folic acid is definitely recommended in pregnancy. Um, you know, other than that, there used to be a recommendation of calcium and vitamin D for postmenopausal women. And that recommendation is kind of, um, there's not quite enough evidence for that uh, because it can lead to, too much calcium can lead to kidney stones. So they kind of went away from that recommendation and more um, towards, you know, talk to your physician first, see if you're deficient in calcium vitamin D before starting a calcium and vitamin D supplement uh, for postmenopausal women. Or easier, get your, you know, get your calcium from kale or broccoli. Absolutely. I can, I can hear everybody going, ew, no, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to do that. From are there, you, you touched on this, you know, vitamins and supplements that can impact your medications. What are, what's the biggest common mistake people take when they take their vitamins with a common medication? Yeah. Um, so a lot of times it's um, antibiotics um, being taken with those, those metal uh, supplements. So again, the, the calcium, the, the iron, the zinc. Um, so taking those too close together, so taking, you know, an, an iron supplement with certain types of antibiotics, say, for example, a, uh, a levoquin, which is a, a common antibiotic, um, that uh, iron supplement can actually bind the antibiotic, which would um, cause it to not work as effectively. So rather than taking, you know, the antibiotic for three days or five days to treat an infection, it might take a lot longer or it might not work at all to treat the infection. And so that's really important to be separating um, those metal uh, supplements from certain antibiotics by at least two hours. Um, same with a lot of people take um, levothyroxine or Synthroid for hypothyroidism. 
Um, and so same with those types of medications. So that medication alone should be taken by itself on an empty stomach um, before any food, before any of your other medications. And so you wanna make sure that you're not combining um, that with um, other vitamins and supplements at the same time as well. You had mentioned herbals and a lot of people are, you know, turning to herbals for alternative healthcare, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of things with those two that people don't realize. What do they need to know? Yeah. Um, so again, they're just because they're natural or herbal doesn't necessarily mean they're completely safe. Um, so again, important to talk to your pharmacist or doctor before starting them. Um, one of the, the biggest ones um, that have the, that has the most drug interactions is um, one called St. John's wort. Um, you know, people can sometimes take that for um, depression symptoms. Um, <clears throat> however, the evidence is, is not quite there. Uh, and, and that goes the same for, for a lot of the herbal products. There's, there's not a lot of evidence to support them, unfortunately. Um, and they can have major drug interactions, you know, and like I said, St. John's Ward especially is, is a big one that has uh, some major drug interactions. Uh, so it's really important to talk to your doctor before uh, starting that. And, and my preference, uh, honestly, is not to ever take St. John's Ward. I don't recommend it for anyone. Is are there some herbals out there right now that are just like such a fad and it makes you insane that people are just clamoring to get it? So, you know, there, um, let's kind of calm down a little bit, but the biggest one uh, a couple of years ago was turmeric. Uh, and before that it was uh, glucosamine chondroitin uh, was big. And those are, uh, you know, people say that it helps them with uh, joint pain. So maybe uh, arthritic pain. Um, and so turmeric has is, is kind of been, been pretty huge for a while. Uh, again, there's not a ton of evidence um, that, that shows that it works. However, if a patient comes to me and says, I've been taking turmeric for this long and, you know, it's really been helping my pain, as long as it's safe for the patient to take it, as long as it's not interacting with any of their other medications, I might say, okay, if, if you think it's working for you, then, then go ahead and keep taking it. Um, but, you know, just sometimes there just isn't quite enough evidence behind a lot of those herbal supplements. Well, the other thing too, with herbal supplements, again, an unregulated business, right? right. So how Absolutely. do you know if you're getting a legit herbal supplement? So again, you, you really don't. It's, a, you know, we have that USP still that, that goes for the herbal supplements as well. Uh, and that, that USP still really is just telling you that the way that they manufacture the product is um, up to standards with the US Pharmacopeia. So it's a clean facility. They're doing everything that they need to do. But you, they, you can't really be guaranteed that it is what it actually says it is in the bottle. Uh, or in the tablet. So that is that is another risk uh, as well. Is there a difference between the hard vitamin pills and the soft gels? You know, I prefer the soft ones just I for some reason, I think they go down easier. Yeah, and that's absolutely right. So sometimes the soft gels uh, definitely do go down easier. Um, but there actually is a difference in, in some of the dosage forms. So um, Folks uh, who maybe have had a bariatric um, surgery or, or a gastric bypass surgery, uh, where they're bypassing the stomach and the first part of the small intestine, they tend to have trouble um, absorbing vitamins um, that, that your body needs. So um, the first part of the intestine right after the stomach is kind of where a lot of those vitamins um, get absorbed. Uh, and so 
if, if you're having a surgery that, that's bypassing, um, you know, the stomach and, and the first part of the, the small intestine, you're, you're probably not absorbing the vitamins uh, as well if you're taking a, a pill, uh, a pill form. So what we're seeing is, um, especially, you know, B12 is huge. So we're seeing um, sublingual dosage forms. Um, and so a sublingual dosage form will kind of dissolve on your tongue and get absorbed through your saliva. Uh, and then it gets into your bloodstream that way. So it doesn't rely on going into the stomach and getting absorbed through the intestine. So, um, you know, those, those patients who maybe have had some sort of bypass surgery, um, gastric bypass surgery, um, should definitely um, talk to their pharmacist or physician about using different dosage forms to help their body actually absorb um, the, the vitamins and supplements that they're taking. Are there any supplements out there that are just simply dangerous, but they're still being advertised and, and pushed on people? Um, so, you know, the, the biggest ones that I could say, and I wouldn't necessarily maybe call them supplements, but those over-the-counter, those, those weight loss um, you know, medications that are, that are advertised for, for weight loss, um, I would say can be very dangerous if, if not used correctly. And, and most of the time they're, they're caffeine supplements is what they are. Um, so they're loaded with caffeine and what is caffeine? Caffeine is really a, a diuretic. Uh, so it's, it's allowing you to kind of urinate out, um, quite a bit. And so that's really how you're losing the weight is, is mostly water weight. Um, and so they're really not all that effective, uh, if at all. And, you know, taking too much, you know, especially taking too much caffeine can be very detrimental, very harmful. So really, um, you know, again, be, be sure you know what's in your um, vitamins or supplements before you actually take them. And, and be sure, you know, just because it's marketed or advertised for one thing, you might want to do your research on it before you actually start taking it. Good to know. What, uh, what are the vitamins women need at various life stages and, and also men and kids? Because you talked about pregnant women, you know, we've all heard w pregnant women or those wanting to get pregnant need folic acid. Right. But what about other life stages? What are vitamins or supplements um, that are, you know, really helpful? Yeah. And that's, a, that's a good question. So, you know, as we're younger, like I said, you know, as, as kids, it might be good to take that multivitamin uh, as we get older. Um, you know, women, maybe uh, postmenopausal women might have issues with, you know, hot flashes and, and sometimes a, a black cohosh herbal supplement might help with, with that. Um, so that, that could be important. Um, again, we go back to the, the calcium and the vitamin D, um, you know, it, it used to be a recommendation. Now they're kind of staring back from, okay, well, hold on. We want to make sure that, you know, we're not causing kidney stones in people and whatnot. So it's important to kind of um, get your calcium levels checked and vitamin D levels checked before starting a supplement like that. Um, and then even for, for men as well, same thing, you know, with, you, there used to be a recommendation for, for iron supplements and, and now it's kind of like, well, hold on iron, you know, too much iron can be harmful for you as well. Um, so the, the main message here is um, you want to get checked for any deficiencies. Um, and there are simple blood tests that could be done to check for deficiencies in iron and vitamin D and calcium and in most of the um, vitamins and in most of the um, supplements that we take. So it's important to get tested uh, to see if you are deficient in any of those. And if you are deficient, then you could start taking an over-the-counter um, vitamin or supplement. 
because um, that's what they are, right? They, they are a supplement. They help supplement your diet. You really should be getting uh, all of it from the food that you eat, but they can help supplement your diet. So uh, I would encourage uh, everyone, again, to talk to your pharmacist or doctor first. And then uh, if you are deficient in certain vitamins, um, you could start taking a supplement for it. Um, but, you know, if not, then it, they very well can be harmful if, if you do take too much. You, you had mentioned um, antibiotics and their impact on taking certain vitamins with that. Um, mm -hmm. Antibiotics, we know, you know, I was always told eat yogurt if you're on antibiotics. Um, yeah. What do you think about probiotics? You know, that's a really good question. I think probiotics uh, can definitely, um, they, I think they can be beneficial uh, sometimes when you are taking an antibiotic. Um, again, the evidence there isn't uh, the best, but if you are experiencing some major uh, diarrhea from taking antibiotics, uh, a probiotic might uh, be able to help with that. They just kind of help replenish the good bacteria in your system. Um, and so remember that, um, you know, a large majority of our immune system lives in our gut and it's that good bacteria that we need. Um, and so a probiotic gives us that good bacteria like lactobacillus uh, that we need to uh, boost our immune system uh, as well. So, um, and, and for the most part, um, probiotics are, are pretty safe uh, to use as well. So I think uh, it's, you know, if, if you are taking antibiotic, if you're having that, that diarrhea associated with some antibiotics, it may very well be beneficial to take a probiotic. I think it's important to remind people too, when, when we're talking antibiotics, they kill the bad stuff and the good stuff, right? They do, unfortunately, yeah. So that's something uh, everybody needs to bear in mind. Um, what medications deplete certain vitamins in my system so I need to supplement? Yeah, that is a really great question. Um, so a lot of times uh, people get prescribed um, water pills uh, for, let's say they have high blood pressure. Um, and so water pills, um, you know, a class of medication called thiazides are our first line medications to treat high blood pressure. So you may have heard of a hydrochlorothiazide or chlorothalidone. Um, they are water pills. They could actually deplete um, sodium and potassium levels. So you might need to supplement that with some potassium. Uh, same if you're on a medication called Lasix or furosemide, um, that is also a water pill, and so that could deplete your potassium levels, and you might need to take a potassium supplement for that. Uh, another common one would be metformin. So a lot of people have probably heard of metformin. It is the most common medication we use to help treat type 2 diabetes, and metformin can actually deplete vitamin B12 levels, um, and so you might need a B12 supplement um, if you are taking metformin. And then another common one, again, would be um, medications for cholesterol, uh, so statin medications, so um, simvastatin or Zocor or atorvastatin or Lipitor, um, they could actually deplete um, CoQ10 levels, and that could actually lead to um, muscle pains, uh, especially in your legs, so we call those uh, myalgias, um, and so it could definitely lead to muscle pains that you might want to supplement with a, a CoQ10 supplement. Um, oftentimes I might recommend to my patients to take a CoQ10 supplement while they're on a statin to prevent those muscle pains. Um, but sometimes it might work and sometimes it doesn't. If it doesn't work, then you'd want to talk to your doctor about switching to a different statin to help control your cholesterol. What is CoQ10? I've seen it in the store, but I have no idea what it does. So CoQ10 is actually a, a, a good supplement to, to help improve heart health, uh, mostly, but when, when, 
um, certain levels of it kind of get depleted, uh, it can cause some muscle pain and weakness. So uh, we usually use CoQ10 to help uh, with, with our heart, to keep our heart healthy, uh, but it can cause muscle pain if, if we have um, too little of it. Let's talk about COVID because that's on everybody's mind right now. Is there yeah. anything in your medicine cabinet that you should probably keep around to either prevent COVID or, you know, even if you do get it, make it easier? So that is a great question. You're right. That is on everyone's mind right now. Uh, and currently there have uh, not been any vitamins or supplements uh, that have been approved to help treat or prevent COVID. Um, there are uh, some um, vitamins that are being studied currently. So there are clinical trials going on right now to look at things like vitamin D, vitamin K2, zinc, uh, to see if, uh, if that kind of helps. Um, there is some theory, some thought behind um, vitamin D. There are some places in the world uh, where they don't get a lot of sun. And so they're all taking vitamin D supplements and yet their uh, deaths from COVID aren't as high as other places. So there's some theory that, oh, well, maybe it's the vitamin D. Um, nothing's been proven yet, unfortunately. So there are theories, there are thoughts out there, um, but nothing's officially been proven yet. Um, so there are studies going on right now. Uh, and so we'll see what those studies show. Hopefully there is you know, some sort of connection. Hopefully there is some sort of vitamin or supplement that could help with that. The big one that I want to mention to people though is that vitamin K2. Um, so it's kind of been in the news and then people have been talking about oh, vitamin K2 to help with COVID. I would um, strongly, strongly, strongly encourage anyone to please talk to your uh, physician, your prescriber, or your pharmacist before starting a vitamin K2 supplement, especially if you're on a medication uh, called warfarin. Um, so people get prescribed warfarin or, or Coumadin um, to prevent blood clots, uh, and that is vitamin K dependent. Uh, and so there's a, a pretty significant drug interaction between Coumadin and vitamin K2. So uh, please do not start any vitamin K2 supplements um, before talking to your prescriber or pharmacist, especially if you're taking Coumadin. That's great advice um, because I'm one of those people. I did that story on vitamin D and K2 mm -hmm. and started taking it and was not aware that you know, you really have to be careful if you're on a blood thinner with that pr yeah. particular medication. If you were to say there were X amount, you know, the top three vitamins you should definitely be taking no matter your age, no matter anything, what would they be? Oh boy. Um, I don't think I could say that because it really depends on if you're deficient in, uh, in those vitamins uh, in your body uh, as well. I would say, like you mentioned before, vitamin D is big. A lot of us are, are pretty deficient in vitamin D. So for the most part, um, you know, it, it might not hurt, but you, you definitely still want to get your blood levels checked to see if you are deficient in vitamin D. So I would say vitamin D is, is a big one. Um, but again, you want to make sure that, you know, you're deficient in it uh, first, or you have low levels of it before you start taking a vitamin D supplement. Um, and, you know, same, same with the rest. It really kind of depends on your own body's makeup uh, because some of us might have higher levels of some than others. So uh, a general blanket statement like that would be really hard to make, unfortunately. Well, it seems like everybody's taking vitamin D. Everybody's taking vitamin C. You know, mm -hmm. most women are taking calcium, you know, mm -hmm. but really the best way to find out is talk to your doctor and get a blood test. 
Yes, absolutely. Yep. You definitely want to get a blood test because, you know, like I mentioned, just because they are vitamin supplements and they're over the counter doesn't necessarily mean they're safe. You can uh, definitely still have some uh, adverse reactions if you do take too much of it. Any final thoughts, last things you want people to understand? Yeah, don't be afraid to uh, approach your pharmacist at the pharmacy counter. I know a lot of times they might look busy, but they're always willing to help you uh, and, and talk to you about your vitamin supplement needs. So please don't be afraid to approach your pharmacist and ask them questions about uh, what you should or shouldn't be taking over the counter. Uh, and like we mentioned before, please do not start, stop, or change doses of any of your medications, including over the counter and herbal without talking to your pharmacist or doctor first. Dr. Abdul Rasul, awesome advice. Thank you so much. And, you know, I know what a lot of people, you suggested do your homework, do your research, but there is no way in health you should be just Googling over the internet anything about vitamins right now. So if you were to recommend a solid vetted website to send people to, what would it be? Yeah, so I think uh, www.nutrition.gov is a great website to uh, look at. I think a lot of the information uh, on there is patient-friendly. Uh, they have a list of vitamin supplements and, and herbal products as well, um, and it kind of tells you what each one um, can be indicated for, how much of it you should be getting throughout your diet or if you need to supplement with it, and what are some uh, pretty bad adverse reactions that could happen if you take too much. Um, so I think uh, nutrition.gov is a really great website to uh, look at if you are considering taking any over-the-counter vitamins or supplements. Great advice. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. Follow me at Monica Robbins on Twitter and Instagram and my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC, to learn about upcoming podcasts and health news. And stay up to date at WKYC.com the WKYC social pages and YouTube channel as well. Stay well, everybody, and have a healthy week. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah! with Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.